We have a job for you. What job? Come with us, we'll tell you. What job? We want you to kill someone. Welcome to Fear Me. Fear Me. You can't see me. Hi, I'm Kim. Stuart. And Scott. Welcome back, everybody. We are covering episode eight of Preacher, entitled Finish the Song. Stuart and I were on vacation last week, and we had a bit of a hiccup with recording because the hotel we were at had really bad Wi-Fi. We were ab- Yeah, it was really bad. We were able to watch the show, but we could not record at all. And then we came home. Apparently, there had been a storm while we were gone, and it totally fried our internet and our cable. So we are recording a day late, a week and a day late. So we're sorry. <laughs> new modem, new cabling, and now we're doing episode 40. Yes. Mm-hmm. Episode 40. Episode 40 of the Fear Me podcast. That's right. That's right. Um, so we're going to do things a little differently where we're just... N- Hopefully you guys have caught up with last week's episode, and we're just going to talk about the one that just happened, and we'll mention the other one if we need to here and there, but we're just going to keep trucking. You're talking last, yeah, last week's episode, El Valero? Yeah. It's yes. El Bigano. We're not talking about it. Exactly. Yeah, it's in the past. There may be some relevant information from it that we'll bring up, but let's go ahead and jump right well, into it. Well, you know, it, that episode, though, just quickly, yes. didn't really... Yeah. Okay, I'm sorry. Am I not allowed to talk about it at all? I got to talk no, about it a little bit. No. Okay. it's It didn't really add a ton to the story. I mean, even with... Um, uh, there, we had the the fight, the huge fight that was the build-up with the Quincannon people, and that didn't really, nothing really happened out of that. That guy got his penis mm-hmm. shot off, and that's about it. And right. then you had um, the agents come in uh-huh. at Fiori and DeBlanc and they got um, the entity out of Jesse and then it re- went back in. That was it. That was the whole episode, wasn't it? Well, I think the biggest thing is that King Cannon's family died. Like, that oh, was yeah, that was big. Me. That's right. That's right. Yes, that was very big. But other than that, I don't feel like anything major happened. No. Oh, well, let me ask you this. What you drinking, Cam? I am drinking... This is a new one for me. I've never had this one. It's called Hoplin IPA, as in like Janis Joplin Hoplin. Yeah, nice. Um, and it's from Savannah. It's from the Southbound Brewing Company. Hmm. It says, break out that old tie-dye and throw on a best of album. It's a Indian, it's an IPA, obviously. I said that. Mm-hmm. Cool. But it's really good. I didn't like it at first because it's like super duper hoppy. Mm-hmm. It's almost it's a little bitter. Yeah, it is. Yeah. yeah. Does it fight you a little bit? It does. It, it punched me in the face. But oh, nice. I like it. It says it's got caramel in it. Really? And citrus and pine. Yummy. What are you drinking? drinking? I am drinking uh, Graybeard IPA from Pisgah Brewery up in Black oh. Mountain, North Carolina. Nice. Up cool. near Asheville and near the Pisgah National Forest. 
and it's named after the highest peak in that area, which is the Greybeard. And uh, it's actually very good. It's very smooth. It's got some got some punch to it, but it's surprisingly smooth. And uh, I would recommend it to anybody. Did you bring that back with you? Weren't you just up there? Yep, sure was. Cool. Yep. Were you there cool just to get beer? I was. <laughs> like that's a question. Have, did have you gone to the Wicked? Was it Wicked Weed? Is that yeah. right, Kim? Yes. Mm-hmm. Have you been there, Scott? No, I haven't been to Wicked Weed yet. Oh, okay. On my to-do list. Okay. It's pretty awesome. Next weekend. Because uh-huh. it's so freaking hot, you have to go to the mountains nowadays. Yes, yes. So the one thing that I wanted to do while we were in Gatlinburg last week was try the plethora of moonshines that were there. Because uh-huh. they had like three or so different breweries, and then each of the breweries had like ten different moonshines you could try. Refineries. Whatever. Refineries. <laughs> Distilleries? Distilleries. Distilleries. And we didn't get to do any of it. Ah, well, you didn't like the kids drinking, so I guess that's We brought kills the kids it. into one of them, mm-hmm. and then they started causing a ruckus, so we had to leave. Yeah. Well, we thought the kids would like it because they had, like, really little cups. Mm-hmm. They were thimbles. Mm-hmm. Super cute. But we never got to do it. I was like, that was the one thing that I wanted to do in Gatlinburg, and I didn't get to do it. Well, give you something to do next time you go to Gatlinburg. <laughs> Yeah, I guess so. (laughs) Anyways, we digress. Yes. So what did you guys think of this episode? Episode 8. The finish the song. Stu, what did you think? I thought it was awesome. Especially after watching the the last one. Episode 8 was... um, There's a lot more to it. And the uh, reintroduction of the cowboy was incredible with the fight scene. The Mm -hmm. ending was like at first a bit confusing. Because I was like, why are they replaying all this? Mm-hmm. Um, but it was that was that was an incredible ending. Just the repeating and repeating and repeating. That was cool. It was a very good episode, I thought. I did think they dragged the repeating out just a little bit much. Um, well, they went they did they went into so much detail at the start. I was like, did they think people forgot about this? Yeah, right, exactly. So I was almost felt like a little bit of filler time to me at one point, but uh, yeah, no, I think I think it was pretty well done though. I, uh-huh. I enjoyed it for sure. It was it was a little confusing at the start, and I was like, ah, all right. Like I caught on to it probably halfway through. I was like, all right, he's in hell. There you go. Because this is like going, you know, he's reliving reliving it over and over and over again. Right. And then all of a sudden, you see the agents like start walking down the steps. It was cool. Uh-huh. I thought it was good. Oh yeah, it's devastating. It was very cool. Kim, what'd you think? I agree with everything you guys said, but then I also liked that we got to see the true nature of Cassidy, and all of the gruesomeness that goes along with that. Because if you haven't guessed by now, I like gore and, um, it had it in this episode. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, um, and I also like to see the true nature of Emily. She Uh was, she surprised me by what she did. So it was, it was just a good surprising type of episode that kind of kept me on my seat a little bit. There were a lot of like, Oh my gods. And (gasps) yeah, yeah. (laughs) Well, I thought, um, for me, I thought it was a fantastic episode. It's funny, I kind of, uh, I don't know why I did this, but I went into this thing in the back of my my head, because I saw a quote from uh, Seth Rogen where he said, we love to steal stuff from other movies. Mm-hmm. So I went in there and said, okay, I'm going to go in here and see, you know, what kind of styles they stole from other directors and so forth. And it was really mm-hmm. interesting, because it's quite a few of them. Like what? That played out. In. Well, one thing... Uh, um, for instance, 
the the shootout at the beginning and and other previous fight scenes we've had like that they have a lot of feeling of um like the uh um what was the movie the watchman mm-hmm. a mm. lot of the the fight scenes from the watchman had the same kind of styling but also they take some from the uh 1970s martial arts movies <laughs> you know with all the flying around and stuff like that yeah, and and I was I actually that, thinking Tarantino. Yes, well, Tarantino's one of them's in there, but you also got you got pieces of uh, Wes Anderson, Coen Brothers, uh, Scorsese. Uh-huh. Um, you know, you got a it's it's a great mix of uh, Western and film noir. You know, when, mm-hmm. especially when you're looking at like the Odin Quincannon scenes and so forth. It's just really cool uh, to watch this hodgepodge of different styles thrown together, and they actually work really smooth. And it's a great homage to a bunch of really good directors from, that these guys grew up on. Yeah, I remember um, from that Insider podcast, they were talk the very first episode. They were talking about um, some of this stuff and the fact that they mentioned the Coen brothers so much in um, was it two episodes ago when they were fighting mm-hmm. that one angel. Right. Um, it just it's it's like like a bunch of frat brothers got together and made their like all time favorite TV show. Basically, yeah, conglomerate of things that they all love. Yeah, yeah. I I mean, I can see that. I think they've they've meshed it all together pretty well Mm -hmm. and kind of created their own style. Right, and I agree. I agree. I think that they have been able to um, pull it together to create a new style in them in themselves. But it is kind of fun to to piece it piece it out a little bit and backward engineer and kind of see yeah how what kind of influences they're using to make the show yeah right yeah well let's get into it then absolutely so we get to see the cowboy he's back that was an incredible scene it was a surprising scene yes mm-hmm. you, did, you did not think that he was he was going there and i guess that he comes in and the preacher is saying that he needs to accept uh jesus right because they all have, and so he'll be forgiven for his sins. Because the preacher knows who he is. Well, they did a great job of throwing you off off your off your uh, expectations by with the Asian guy singing. I mean, yeah. it was odd just seeing, uh, you know, a a Chinese, uh, you know, worker have this beautiful voice. You weren't expecting to see something like that. Mm-hmm. So you're already kind of caught in a little bit of a surreal image. Yeah, because he was spitting on the floor. You're expecting like something yeah. like rough to happen, and all of a sudden he has kind of this beautiful voice come out, and everybody's listening to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, exactly. In such a rough place. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, I did like the foreboding that you hear when he's talking about how he loves his wife and he loves his daughter, but when it and comes his horse. to yeah, and his horse, but it, when it comes to Jesus, he can join us all in hell. And like mm-hmm. at that time, we don't know that he's in hell until right. the end of the movie or the end of the show. It does feel like a movie sometimes. But like at first, I didn't know why all of this was going on. Like I knew he was mad because his his wife and daughter had died and he didn't get there. Yeah, in time. we'd already seen that. Right? Yeah, we had already seen that. But then like it didn't explain why he would just go and kill everybody in the um, in the saloon until the end of the show. And I was like, oh, OK, he's. He's pissed because they delayed him. So it was those people that delayed him. It was he blames mm-hmm. all of them for what happened to mm-hmm. his family, and so he's right, especially that preacher. Right. Well, let me ask you this: I, I had one question from the scene. 
Whose heads were in the bag? I don't know. I couldn't figure that out either. Because all of a sudden he's just throwing heads around the room. And I'm well, like, there, yeah, there, I was wondering about that too. I think there were four heads too. I'm yeah, wondering so. if one of them could have been like the the um, pharmacist because he kind of delayed him too. Like that's where it all started, right there. Hmm. The pharmacist that's a good point. delayed I hadn't him. Thought about that. Yeah. But then also, I know that he was not one of the heads. But did the, he kill the little boy who kind of lured yes. him back? Oh yeah. I mean he 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 killed everybody that was in that room. Okay, because I wasn't sure if the kid got away or whatever. Well, what about that? Wasn't there another did. kid, like, right before he gets to the saloon that's looking through the window at him? Yes. Yeah, the kids. Those were kids shadow. in the school. Yeah, okay. those were the kids in school. I thought it was... I, I thought the the actual shooting scene was fantastic because it, it was incredibly violent, but you didn't really... There was so much going on outside the image. Mm-hmm. I mean, you could hear people all around, even when he stopped shooting in the direction that the camera was facing. You could hear him shooting everybody else around there. Mm-hmm. So there was so much still going on there, and the bodies were just starting to pile up. Um, it's 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 a lot like what we saw with the uh, with the fight in in the uh, Sundowner Hotel. Yeah, looking through that hole, mm-hmm. there's so much stuff going on that you don't even see in the hole. Right, you just see things flying by and. And blood spattering here and so forth. And, and tell me that the uh, the Chinaman losing his head. That was shocking. <laughs> I was thought he was going to spare him. Yes. And yes. then the girl that he kills right before he kills the piano player and she like flies back into the wall. I yeah. was like, come on, yeah. that's pretty silly. That's yeah, like I the, thought it was cool. That was the only, the only killing that I was like, seriously? <laughs> well, you kept seeing people in the background show up and they're like, oh God. And they were just standing there. Mm-hmm. Right, and then they would well, everybody shot. was running across the image yep. and getting hit. Yep, you know he was just hitting them all real fast. Um, now, actually, I liked the woman bouncing off the wall. I thought that was pretty cool. <laughs> and then he just walks up to the guy at the piano and pops him. I know, but that was just silly to me. But so, like, was, do you think the storm was a real storm, or was it a storm created by him, by his e- by his anger? I, think- I mean. I think it was a hell storm. I think it was the storm that we repeated every time in hell. Hmm. And that repeating image we had throughout the show of the of the hanging tree. Yeah. The hanging tree is the symbol of hell. So, yeah. I, I, but here's the question, though. Is this, I mean, did this at some point happen? Or is this just his mm-hmm. reality in hell? Or is this just what happens to him in hell? I think he's reliving no, the I worst think, day of his life over and yes, over again. Right. I think, right, right. I think this is what put him in hell. Yeah. Okay. Finally. Because he killed so many people. Now he died too, right? Well, eventually. So, well, yeah, I, I, but he died in the previous episode, right? Am I remembering no. right? No, 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 no. When he they did were not. beating him up. Uh uh-uh. uh No, they they beat him up. He went back to the to his That's house right. and he grabbed That's the right. gun because he killed his horse. That's yeah, right. this he killed this, his horse. When we pick a, yeah. pick him up again, he's on his way back into town. Right, right. Yeah, and that was a pretty cool image when you see him walking and through the desert and then him passing on the horse going the opposite direction mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah together at the same time yep that was pretty cool yeah that's when it kind of like clicked for me that okay this poor guy is just reliving everything and it's like there was one split second it was a one split second decision that changed the entire trajectory of his entire life well, do keep in mind, though, this guy was still the, what was it, the Butcher of Gettysburg? Yeah. Yeah. So he already had quite a ledger. Um, I think he was going to hell one way or the other. 
There was some other name that they were they were calling him too that I was seeing online, like the Saint of Killers. Yeah, I think that's what he's called in the comic books. Yeah. But I think by having this wife and daughter and by absolutely loving someone, having true love for somebody. It's like redemption. Exactly. And that's why his wife was like, I can't remember what she said in that first episode, but it was like uh-huh. she was trying to tell him, like, don't do anything stupid. Just go right. into medicine and come back. Don't like she dis- knows. She said, don't get distracted. She, yeah, there you and go. she said, and come back to us. Yeah, so she knows his history. She knows what uh-huh. he's about. She knows uh-huh. the type of person that he is. Um, so that's nothing new, but he's redeemed himself by having a family and by having uh-huh. true love. Or he's trying to, at least. Right. Um, well, and they know there's, I mean, there's definitely something about the town that we've, we've talked about many times and they know something about that town. So it's not just him. It's, I mean, oh, yeah, 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 there's, there's an evil in the town. And so when he blames, when he goes back and finds his family dead because he was delayed, he blames mm-hmm. them and they truly did delay him from getting back. But it's mainly because they, you know, they are in hell. Right. Ratwater is hell. Everything there mm-hmm. is. I mean, look at the preachers even, you know, dirtbag. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I, yep. I'd actually like to know more about that particular preacher. Like, does he have any sort of relationship to our current preacher? Because he looks just like his dad. Mm-hmm. And, but he acts, he doesn't act anything like a preacher that I would know. No, no, he was evil as hell. Yeah. But he was part, he was in the war. He was in the Civil War, obviously, because he knows this exactly. guy. Yeah, but it doesn't so. make him evil. No, but he's no, taking no, advantage but he was of definitely the, evil. He's taking advantage of the uh, ignorance he of almost, the people in this town. Obviously, well, he he uses he uses God more as sarcasm than anything. Yep, mm-hmm. in a very sarcastic way. Um, you know, he says, "Oh, you people are all trash, but God will take you back in." Mm-hmm. You know, because he was pointing out, uh, you know, the different people, what kind of trash they were. Mm-hmm. And he was saying, but this town will still take you back in because God will take you back in. Right. But like, what kind of preacher is he? Like, Does he? Um... Oh, I don't think he believed it. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, okay. It's like his golden ticket. Yeah. He's just, I think he's just evil. You know, he was just a sarcastic guy who who uh, was not a real preacher. That's exactly what I was going to ask. Okay, cool. Mm-hmm. Good. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely think so. Oh, can okay. I mention one other thing from the previous episode? Yeah. No. At least I think it was from the previous episode. When the guy's at the control panel, like releasing yeah. the Yeah, yeah, right, yeah. Right, right, right. What's up with that? At the end? Yeah, yeah. We Kim and I were speculating. We we're like, well what obviously we had the exhaust vents and stuff that was the something underground. And they didn't they right. didn't really clue into that at all in the last episode. Um yeah. but obviously there's something going on that they have some sort of control over. And I would I would assume this is something to do with Quinn Cannon's operation, but yeah, but he might be like an agent of hell too. Like he could be the one that um, you think. Well, I mean, think I about know. how De, uh, DeBlanc and Fior got a ticket to go to hell. I mean, like, okay, that was surprising. Yeah, that's true. I I still I still think that that guy has something to do with that air vent. Well, that's yeah. what I'm saying. That we saw at the end of is that he's the- he's managing the the heat or whatever the off-gassing of hell <laughs> well yeah that, that's also eugene did say he was like it's not that far right. down when jesse said you dug out of hell he's like mm-hmm. well it's not that far down which of course was all in his mind but by the way by the way that eugene's scenes in that episode were fantastic in the previous episode and creepy 
Yes, yep. in the previous episode, were very creepy. He looked yep. burned almost, didn't he? Like he had a, a oh, sheen he looked terrified. He looked, yeah, he looked terrified beyond belief and extremely and, thirsty. Uh, yes, yes, very, very, uh, very well done. And he kept slurping. I was like expecting all the spit to come out of his mouth, and it was like mm-hmm. totally creeping me out. Yep. No, he did a great job. Yeah, back to our uh, original episode that we come back and we find uh, Jesse and Sheriff Root in the cruiser mm-hmm. now. Right. Sheriff Root starts talking to him about a guy he knows up at the penitentiary who says there was a um, a child killer up there, and he explains to him how it was not going to go well for child killers in prison. Right. And that, that Jesse was going to be going into the same thing, and he said, you know, you're going to wish you were in hell, preacher. And uh, But how can Sheriff Root go from hearing that his he told his son to go to hell... To jumping to the conclusion that Jesse killed his son. Well, I think the fact that Eugene can't be found, and the fact that Jesse says he sent him to hell, tells the you know tells the sheriff that he killed him. Okay, now that you say it that way, I guess I could see that because he did try to do the murder suicide, so he would just automatically go to hell if he were to die. Right. Right. In that. Well, sense. and I think yeah, exactly. I think I think he's interpreting it as the preacher said he should be in hell, so I put him in hell. Yeah. Right. Yeah, he's blaming he's blaming him for the death of the girl and for what he what he did that was sinful. I sent him to hell. So yeah. I think he believes that that's the case. Um and then of course Jesse I love the way he says, Well, I'll see you at church Sunday and pops out of the, the <laughs> moving patrol car. That was great. Um, and then, of course, the sheriff looks. He can't figure out why he, how he got out the door, and he sees that uh, bent-up pen that's yeah. jammed in there. Yeah. Um, that's what got Jesse out of there. L- let me ask you something. Uh, that pen, is that th- was that the same pen that Odin Quinn Cannon gave him to sign the contract? Uh, it looked like probably. the same one. Probably, yeah. I was. I knew there had to be some symbolism with it. That's probably true, Scott. Yeah, I thought that looked like it was a shiny metal ribbed pen like that, and I thought that made that's what I saw in the mm-hmm. episode. So um, anyway, I thought that was kind of interesting. Well, Jesse's off. Uh, obviously, he he has a mission, and he goes and steals the phone without the uh, agents even knowing it. Yeah, did Jesse get the phone, or did uh, or did? Uh... Or did Cassidy get it? He, no, Jesse got it because Jesse. They show Jesse with it just after uh, right. Fiore and DeBlanc realize it's stolen from their room. Right. No, I saw that. I just was for some reason I can't remember if Jesse was over there or how he even knew about the phone. Well, because they were all talking about it before um, when they were fighting that one angel. Yeah. And so that's how Jesse knew about it because they were having that conversation about God and all that jazz. Right. So we find our, our two uh, angels trying to uh, clean up their room that has had a very incredible um, do not disturb sign on the outside because <laughs> no one's messed with that bad boy at all. There's blood everywhere and everything's broken. Yeah. Uh, but no one's gone in. Uh, and uh, But that was pretty cool. I mean, that, 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 uh, and then we go into, uh, they take us into the bathroom <laughs> and show us the, uh, the, uh, the Seraphine, who's in the bathroom without her arms and legs. Yes, with the cauterized <laughs> arms. Which legs. was also surprising. But they cauterized her arms and legs. They thought enough to do that. Yeah, well, nonetheless, she wasn't going anywhere. No. And uh, and then the sheriff finds her, of course. Mm-hmm. 
And oh, by the way, I don't know if you noticed, I thought it was really cool when, when the sheriff's walking into the bathroom before he actually sees her or whatever, there's a samurai sword sticking out of the door. Oh, I saw oh, that. I didn't yeah. do that. It was in the wall. <laughs> or in the wall. Yeah, <laughs> mm-hmm. I thought that was hilarious. It's like all kinds uh, of weapons. There's like an axe in the wall. and Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Sam, samurai sword. Yeah. Um, but he goes in there and, of course, he acts like he's going, you know, he's, he's trying to save her. Um, you know, he tells tells him to call the ambulance and so forth but uh and she says no just kill me and i thought that was you know the sheriff um i can't what's the actor's name for the sheriff i don't know okay he did a fantastic job in that scene mm-hmm. yeah he really did i mean I, that's the first time i've really seen him be able to really act mm-hmm. um you know get emotional he did a fantastic job by by ending that girl's life you know, because he looked at her and realized, you know, she doesn't want to live like this. Yeah. And and he, he wants to do it. And you could see it as he's doing it, how it's crushing him. Yeah. Do you think he's done that before? Choke Well, someone? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if he has or not. He, he, uh, I was surprised he did it, to tell you the truth. Yeah, it's I was not surprised something he you would expect her. someone to do. Right. Like, I was instead of he, just, you know, shooting her or something. I mean, how a brutal way to die. I was surprised he did it mm-hmm. too, but he seemed to do it like he didn't. He didn't pause too much before he made the decision no. to do it. No, exactly. He made the decision and got to work. He did, Stu. He didn't shoot her because that would have been seen. Yeah, I know. If he strangled her, then then she could have just been dead before they even got there. Yeah, but they can still trace that back to him too. How do you mean? They can do fingerprints and see, measure. I'm just thinking like CSI shows. You know, they can like I, I know. measure his I hands. I know, but the woman's body was stuff. pretty well brutalized. Um, I think that might have gone overlooked. I mean, the the bullet wound would have been like super obvious. Mm-hmm. But well, I was I was simply thinking from the fact that, and this woman is he, he's obviously understands she wants to be put out of her misery because she's in so much mm-hmm. pain. Whatever. Even though we know that's not true. Yeah, we know that's not true, but. Right. If you're someone like walking in that scene, I would do the most humane way of killing the person if I had to do right. it, you know. And mm-hmm. I mean, I, understandably, I mean, she had all her limbs cut off. You, you got to thank God. Why would you want to live that way? Um, I, I, I wouldn't think choking would be the first uh, thing I would go to. <laughs> but of course, yeah. I'm not a sheriff. He's well, he's mm-hmm. like seeing the life go out of her through her eyes and she's staring yeah, at mm-hmm. him the entire time and. It's prolonging her death by choking mm-hmm. her. It would have just yeah. been so simple to just... I thought he was going to drown her. Like, he could have just pushed her head under the water. Yeah. Well, I think he did what was handy and, and took care of it. Handy. Yeah. Get it? Didn't. <laughs> so anyway, uh, what about the, the, the next scene, which I, I thought was one of the funniest of the series, uh, was... The um the two angels trying to get their uh, tickets to hell. No, that was good. <laughs> Where they went to the these the travel agent. Mm-hmm. And they want to go <laughs> oh down God. south. Yeah. No. And she's like, "Well, I can send you to uh, where did she say Tijuana? Um, no, 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 no. She was talking about something Australia. really. Out there. Um, Tasmania. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah she Tasmania. Did. Yeah, that's yeah, right. right. She right. Did she's say like, Tasmania. You could go to sunny Tasmania. And it's like, no, no, a little farther south. <laughs> And the other guy goes, hell, we want to go to hell. <laughs> and and what cracked me up, I mean, I don't know if you saw her, but she kind of, you know, she kind of looks around like, hmm, okay, I can't let anybody hear this. She puts a, a 
blanket over the bird. Yeah, I saw that. <laughs> like, like the bird's going to hear anything. <laughs> he, he might repeat what she says, though. Oh, my God. That just cracked me up. But who knew it was so easy to get to hell? All you got to do is buy a ticket. And is it a round-trip ticket or is it a one-way ticket? I don't know. That was but my it was, question. It was $348.50. <laughs> so cheap. It is cheap. It is cheap. There's some people I'd like to send there. Maybe I could buy them a ticket. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, you'd hope yep. to get a rebate on that. Mm. Yeah. I don't think so. Dis- You're going to hell. Well, you could get a discount for sending multiple people. Hmm. Maybe. Possibly. But I did think it was hilarious that the uh, that the uh, travel agent tried to um, get some fun time in the back with uh oh my god 20 minutes with a tall one oh my god oh and oh my god and when they said they asked her said what is your occupation one said serial killer and the other one said architect (laughs) (laughs) Uh, that was awesome yeah yep that was very good and she's like they'll ask i'm like seriously does anybody even really care (laughs) architect (laughs) i loved it you know i i i do wish the show had a little bit more of these scenes because, I mean, they are truly funny. They really are. And they're just, they're creepy funny, too. Yeah. Well, you know, I think it started out with a lot more. I think it's kind of, um, a lot more serious story development has kind of happened. Mm-hmm. A little, there needs sure. to be a little bit more of the humor aspect of it. And I think they started <laughs> mm-hmm. out with the first few episodes. It was, like, filled with that. But actual full-on funny ep- or scenes like that are... Mm-hmm. Um, something i would recommend in the future because uh I, that one played really well in the show you want well, some good monty um, python humor mm-hmm. hopefully they mm-hmm. don't kill off those two guys because they're cassidy and those two guys are mm-hmm. like your comedy for this show well you know in that in that last scene where um they're confronting the cowboy which we'll talk about some more of where the cowboy actually shoots one of them mm-hmm. i didn't see any flash of light Oh, they're already in hell. Wonder right. if it doesn't affect That's them. That's true. You know, I, I was I thought about the same thing. Hmm. And it was no, wait, which no, one was no it? Uh, it was DeBlanc. It was, got yeah. shot. Right. Yeah. Because he wouldn't tell him who he was supposed to go kill. Yeah, and Fiori looked scared. Heck yep. yeah, I would be too. Mm-hmm. That dude's ruthless. So uh, I don't know. I don't. I don't know. Maybe it's already happened. I kind of don't think so, but yeah. But still, we didn't see a flash as far as I could see. Hmm. Um, well, after you, yeah, after you get out of that, you're dealing with Tulip, and uh, she's right. she's called um, Emily over to her uncle's mm-hmm. house to help mm-hmm. feed Cassidy. So that whole thing with Tulip, just mm, so sad. First of all, my question is... So how, sad? What do you mean? Well, I'll tell you. But <laughs> okay. first of all, my question is, how did she get, or how did Cassidy get back to the house? Like... Tulip brought him. What part of him was still viable that she could pick up and take him, though? Well, we found out. We found out he was still together. Yeah, he put him out. So he was he was burned up, but but he was still whole. And I'm sure Tulip, you know, scooped him up and brought him over to the house there to protect him. And Jesse, I think, just probably ran away like a snow shovel. Can you imagine, Mm -hmm. like, watching somebody burn to that extent in front of you, and then? Well, I'm sure Jesse was in shock. He wasn't up. expecting that. He didn't He didn't really truly believe he was a vampire. No, I'm talking about on Tulip's part. Oh, yeah. Well, Tulip's, and then, like, Tulip's having... used to doing things. She's used to doing so. crazy things She's and getting cookie. the job done. Yep. Yep. Corn cob people. Except for getting tired of uh, taking care of uh, 
Cassidy. Well, and old Uncle which... Walt. Like, is that man ever lucid? <laughs> that is an ongoing joke throughout the show. The guy has <laughs> never been up. <laughs> yeah, how does he He's ever get drunk? He's been asleep the whole time. <laughs> I know. It doesn't matter. We don't care. It's like he's, he's got just a, the guy. He's got like an IV into his arm, just pumping mm-hmm. all that alcohol in there. So he, he never has to be there was, on, though, I think. There was a wonderful movie years ago called uh, Fandango. It was actually one of Costner's first films. Yeah. About some, some Texas college students going out into the desert to uh, find a bottle of Don Perignon before they get drafted in the military. Mm-hmm. The whole time they're driving out there, there's a guy passed out in the back window of the car. <laughs> He stays that way the whole movie until the very end when they go to their graduation. <laughs> it's hilarious. He never never moves. You just see him curled up in a ball in the window of the back of the car. And that's that's the, the same thing with this guy. I mean, he's just going to spend the whole uh, show, I think, just passed out on the couch. Well, it's like the guy on the couch from, um, how was that <laughs> weed movie? <laughs> oh, crap. You know you what to bring I'm talking that up. about. I don't know. I don't remember because I smoked too much weed. <laughs> During the movie? <laughs> I like um, you. I like you. You suck. Yeah, you're cool. <laughs> you're cool. You're cool. Anyways, y'all well, know you, what I mean. You think on that. You think on that. So um, so Emily gets the shock of her lifetime. I love the. Uh, I love how Tulip introduces us. Do you freak out? You look like you freak out. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that was <laughs> you good. can't freak out this time. Yeah. You know, and Emily, she's just kind of like wide-eyed, like yeah. a doe in the headlights of a car. So Cassidy's a vampire. Are you freaking out now? <laughs> she went, no. Yeah. Because she doesn't believe her. She didn't know I wouldn't have believe. believed her. No, she was, in, she was in total shock once Tulip started, like, introducing all of it. But she was, I mean, she was freaked out when she saw him, but it wasn't like she went running from the house. No, yeah, she did, stayed and did business. Right. She took care of the... She took care of feeding Cassidy there for a while. Where she took an interesting turn was uh, when she got on the phone with Miles. Mm-hmm. Now, I thought I thought also, you know, we talk about Coen Brothers scenes mm-hmm. and so forth. That whole one with the the wrestlers at the uh, at at the uh, Quinn Cannon. In Quinn Cannon's <laughs> office, wrestling with yes. all the guys around him. So that's, I mean, that's a Coen Brothers scene if I've ever seen one. Yes. <laughs> yeah, mean, and little Quinn Cannon standing on the desk. Yeah, exactly, exactly. I mean, it was just, and it meant nothing. It meant Mm-mm. nothing to the show because it was all about Miles taking a phone call. But I mean, it was such a weird <laughs> scene to just have popped in there for no particular. Well, reason. it was, it was just showing how you know he still he has control over this his men. Oh yeah, you know, oh yeah, but for it's his just, entertainment. It's just, Sure, but it was just weird. It was. And, 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 and fun weird. Um, but just anyway, showing that's how when... weird he is and how the, the mm-hmm. that whole situation is. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. So we find out Miles gets a call from Emily where Emily um, is saying she that someone has escaped and she's hiding. Yeah, what do you think about that, Scott? Like, what, what was your feeling? I, I. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. The movie was half baked. Yes, Thank it was. Thank you. Good. Mm-hmm. IMDb. Abba Zabba, you're my only mm-hmm. friend. <laughs> oh, my. oh my. Sorry, continue. Mm-hmm. Taking a turn for the worst here, folks. <laughs> if you want to dive out of the show, this is the time to do it. Uh, yeah, what, no, seriously, what was, your, what was your feeling about um, Emily calling Miles? Emily calling Miles and tricking Miles into coming back. 
I thought it was a little bit too much of a swing for her. Yeah. Um, it just didn't it didn't make a whole lot of sense to me that she, all of a sudden she'd want to kill Miles just because she's watching some show uh, or she's watching Psycho and he's talking about you know how people put themselves in cages and so forth like that mm-hmm. and how to get out of the cage and and I guess she was feeling closed in or whatever by her circumstances and she decided to take control but killing Miles even though he was a butthead. Um, was a little drastic, I yeah. thought. Um, I mean, I you know, especially after you know, just a couple of minutes ago, she was claiming that he was her yeah, boyfriend, right? To impress, to he impress was, uh, Tulip, right? It was, was bullshit. Cool. We know that. I mean, I, <laughs> yeah, I totally cool. believed it. It's it's like the easy way out because she was totally feeling claustrophobic around him. He was, he was controlling, controlling, but he was suffocating her. That's what I was looking yeah. for. Well, without a doubt. I mean, don't get me wrong, but kill him? But, I mean, it's an easy way out. That's what I'm saying. Like, how else is she going to get away from him? He's the mayor. Hey, Kim, what was your first comment after you saw what she was doing? I don't remember. What was it? You said, who's she going to get to watch the kids now? Oh, (laughs) I'm thinking practicalities. (laughs) He did so much for her. Uh, I think she'll get her buddy Tulip to come and take care of that. No, I doubt Um, it. But, I mean, like, like, he... What a mom priority. Who's going to watch exactly. the kids now? Well, I mean, if you... Okay, <laughs> just coming from a mom, seriously. Just seriously yes. for a second here. She... He did so much for her. He took mm-hmm. her kids to and from school. He went grocery shopping to her um, for her. He um, did her laundry, for God's sakes, even though she didn't want him to. But that's why he was so controlling and why she was... Um, so suffocated from him. Yeah, well, I'll tell you what, though. That phone call she had with him, where he called her and, and invited himself to stay overnight. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. That laugh he had. Yes, maniacal. It was the most disgusting laugh I've ever heard. I would have killed the man on the spot if I heard that <laughs> laugh. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean... You know, it's just just so terrible. Oh, my God. What a dis- you're right, I, you're I, right. When it he got killed, when he got killed, I was like, yes. Exactly. It's such an annoying character. But I mean, but that's what I was going to say earlier when I said that I feel bad for Tulip. Like I felt so bad that she had to kill that nice dog and she was killing all those animals for him. And then and she she looked like it was really affecting her, but then here comes Emily. Don't go to pet don't go to I'll, pet express because they're on to me. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, that was awesome. But here comes Emily and all of a sudden like she's totally flipped out like what the hell is going on here she has no clue but then she's like i know somebody I she got call. a clusterfuck just thrown into her lap she did but you know what she took care of it and she took care of it quick because she knew that he needed a human and he needed a lot of blood yeah, in order to heal pretty, himself that's pretty accepting of the fact that there's a vampire in the back room pretty quick I agree. I mean, you stick your head in there, and there's a guy in there covered in blood, and there's dead animal bodies all over. It doesn't necessarily tell you, hey, that's a vampire. No, I agree. And and I think I probably would have gone running and screaming right. from the house at that point right. and never to return. No, that's what I'm saying. I mean, it, it just was a little bit too much of a reach for me on a show that has a lot of reaches. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, More than the travel agent to hell, you <laughs> 
exactly. I would say more than the fact that there's a freaking vampire on there. Like, exactly. We're we're okay with that part. Well, the, but the fun, <laughs> you know, but the funny thing about it is, is the one thing we count on from Emily is she's the regular person thrown into the craziness of all these extra regular people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and she, but she always deals with the situation and takes care of it. I mean, even oh, it, it hasn't been this. Drastic. She hasn't had to do anything that drastic. No, but she's she's been cleaning up after Jesse, obviously. Because mm-hmm. she's constantly but, like, "Oh, what'd you do now?" And yeah, you know, but that's she takes the difference care of it. between finding the body in the in the back room. Well, it's it's but, his mate. It is his mate. Yep, it is his mate. Which she um, says to him after she leaves to go pick up the kids, right. and Jesse right. shows up. Oh, she's extremely calm about the whole thing when Jesse shows yeah. up. It was yeah, it was weirdly calm, but um, yeah, Jesse goes in there and finally confronts uh, Cassidy, which I thought was an awesome scene. Right. Well, we got our bonding again. Yeah. Well, he even said, so are we supposed to, what did he say? Are we supposed to shag now? Yeah. He said, do you want to shag now? <laughs> that was hilarious. <laughs> After they <laughs> talked about it. But it was, it was, I, but it was telling when, when Jesse, Jesse was feeling bad about not putting him out fast enough. And Cassidy's point was, but you put me out. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. I got to ask, how much fucking blood does that dude need if she's been feeding him animals all day long? Well, he had a whole cow. To get out of the out of the uh, hole. That's true. After jumping out of the plane, so I'm imagine it's probably a good bit, and a bunch of hamsters isn't going to do the job. Yeah. I mean, normally, like from a medical point of view, you can't take more than five percent of your blood without dying. So he he needed, you know, quite this a is, bit. This is a vampire, though. So. Well, a blood okay, but still, he has a human body, and a guinea pig ain't going to do it. Uh, Sorry. I loved when Miles is walking through the house and there's a goat in there. <laughs> <laughs> in the kitchen that was hilarious mm-hmm. it was kind of um psycho-ish mm-hmm. when he was walking through the house oh yeah well you know it's funny uh he sure made a beeline for that particular room well it was kind of foreboding looking it had like the light shining through it and around yeah. the cracks of the door yeah. and stuff like that and didn't she say when she got off the or when she was getting off the phone she said i'm stuck in the claw and then yeah. like she I says, imagine I'm she hiding in closet. the Yeah, she was going to say hiding in the closet and cut it off, which was smart. Right. She made it up. That was a really good scene. Yeah, very good scene. Uh, good scene between Jesse good and for Emily. Cassidy. And Emily definitely uh, took on a whole new role in this show, this episode, mm-hmm. and may have and may have lost her mind in the process. Exactly. Like, is she going to be abating? What's the word I'm looking for? Well, she was. <laughs> she walked off awfully calm. Yeah. After all that went down. Well, I've got to go pick up the kids. And again, I'm worried about her kids because if she's like crazy Looney Town now. Well, she's just doing what Miles was going to do because Miles had already told her he was going to pick up the kids. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know. She was just being practical. Time to move <laughs> on. But in the scene with uh, Cassidy and Jesse, that's when Cassidy asks him, are you truly going to try and get God, right? On the yeah. phone. Mm-hmm. And that's when he says, "Well, I, no, does he? Uh, did, did he didn't pull the phone out at that point, did he? No, no, no. Okay, that was know. when the, no, until no, no. they got back, and he said he needed the yeah, and then he, right, and he's right, he's playing with the phone, and yep. and uh, he tells Cassidy he needs angel hands. I actually, I tell you, I enjoyed the uh, the scene. It was a little bit early on in the show, but the scene with uh, Jesse under the tunnel with the uh, with the homeless people. I was thinking the same thing when they're making the pancakes for him. Yeah, yeah and the yeah. guy says, "Guy says Merlot," and he's like, "For breakfast?" 
Why not? Oh, okay. Yeah, why not? <laughs> <laughs> uh that was good yeah that because that was right after that was right after he escaped from sheriff root right and they were debating on uh it was cute to, they were debating on whether he's fully crazy or only half crazy right <laughs> because he was going to be bringing god back that's so right forth. that's right i thought that was a fun scene though and even when they said well how are you going to do it and he's like you'll see yep <laughs> Good scene. So we, our boys find out that they got their tickets and they got to go take the shuttle to go to hell, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. So Stuart thinks that we've seen this scenery before, and I think it's from we, Breaking Bad. Do you? Yes, we have. Did you see it this a, before? Yes, it is an exact copy of the scene. Oh, is it really? When Walter White and, um, and what's his name? Went off to their Jesse. new horizons. Is it really? Jesse went. Oh, yeah. that's right. When including, they leave their identities behind. Yes, that's what it including was. Including the dog, except the dog runs in the opposite direction. Uh, Are you serious? It's yeah, the same I, place. Those yeah, blocks it, and all, that's the same Exactly. Exact that's what site. I thought. It was the concrete blocks in the background. I was like, this yep. is the exact uh-huh. spot where they had the bus stop from uh, Breaking Bad. Yep. Exactly. Uh, that's so it was a tribute funny. to Breaking Bad. Yeah. That's, that's yeah. awesome. So well, both of the both of the, two of the producers, I guess, worked on Breaking Bad. Yeah, they did. Okay, so very good, Stuart. Nice pickup. Yep. <laughs> You're not as dumb as we thought. Well, hey, I kept so... thinking, Stu. I, I kept thinking <laughs> the same thing too because I'm looking at those blocks and I'm thinking that is really unusual. Yeah. And, and I'm looking at them and I went, I've seen those things before, and then I remembered that scene. Yeah. And. So, uh, and then I, I read online, someone said that the dog was the same too. And I went back and I thought, oh, that's exactly right. Well, the dog the, went in the opposite direction. Where was the dog? I don't, I don't remember, remember the, the dog, dog either. When you see the van pulling away uh-huh. yeah. from the rear end, you'll see a dog run across the street. Uh, in okay. Preacher? In Preacher in and both. in Breaking in Bad. Well, they're going different directions. Uh, but in different directions. Interesting. Same dog, same everything. Yeah, I no, I totally. I, I it was like, wow, this is weird. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, it was like a deja vu moment. I was like, oh yes. yeah, this is from something. And then uh, Kim said, I think you, Kim, you said Breaking Bad. Yeah. I was like, you're mm-hmm. right. It is Breaking Bad. But I couldn't remember exactly what it was. I th- I was trying to think if it was like. Um, some other drug dealer where they had to leave everything behind, but that's right. It was when they completely changed identities. Huh. Yep. Yeah. Yep. They said goodbye to everything and that was yep. their that's leaving. Very cool. I love Easter eggs uh-huh. like that. Yep. Yep. I did. Hel- I, I laughed my ass off though. When they, when the guy says no carry ons, mm-hmm. yeah, right. <laughs> they couldn't take that big truck. Yeah. But my comic book and he, and, and I, you know, you, you start wondering what these two guys are about to each other because, you know, they're so concerned about being separated from each other and all. And, yeah. and, and you know, and DeBlanc's kind of like, don't worry, dear, it'll be OK or something. I know, what's up with you that? You know, and I've just. Because earlier uh-huh. they, were, they were like, we'll be separated forever for eternity or something. Right. Right. Hmm. So they have a very close relationship. Evidently. Yeah. But at the same time, I it, in some situations, it seems like DeBlanc's in charge, and sometimes it seems like Fiore's in charge. Mm-hmm. DeBlanc more, but sometimes mm-hmm. Fiore seems to be the one that's, like, calling the shots. Well, I think Fiore is the one who is... Um, he doesn't hold back. He just kind of goes... Well, he just kinda goes yeah, I was going to say, he's he doesn't have the filter that DeBlanc yeah, has. Yeah, yeah, DeBlanc yeah. is more the... I think he's more the thinker, Yep. and Fiore is more the reactor. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know, so I think... 
Yeah, I, I think DeBlanc is generally in charge because he's more the communicator. Yeah. But um, but Fiore definitely has his uh, moments, and he he's uh, he's 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 more childlike. Yes. Actually. Yeah. Very innocent. Fiori's more childlike than than DeBlanc. DeBlanc is almost like a parent sometimes. Mm-hmm. I can totally see that. Anyway, those that uh, that whole scene was was great. Uh, wonderful job, producers. Giving a shout out to uh, Breaking Bad. Very cool. <laughs> Love it. It's time to take a break. I what agree. do you say, Kim? You all for the break? Yeah, I'm, I'm all I'm all good. Okay, Kim's gonna make a mad dash, <laughs> and uh, and we will be back in a minute to talk further about our show. Nothing personal gotta do what you gotta do to make a world that doesn't even care about you. You're in the wrong bar during the wrong night. These are the cards you were dealt to I fight. I wish could be a better way. But we really weren't given the choice. You see, I'm at the top of the food chain, baby. And in my world, you don't have a voice. I don't want you. All right, we're back. Um, let's uh, let's talk a little bit further about. Uh, we've still got Jesse and um, Cassidy, and uh, Jesse, of course, wants to use the phone and only finds out that it doesn't work. Right. Um, without an angel hand, so Cassidy says, "Oh, well, I know how to take care of that." Mm-hmm. And remembering the angels that he buried up in the hills, so. Um, <laughs> it was a great scene too when you when he looks at, you know Jesse leaves and he looks over at at the mayor laying on the ground and he's like all right your honor let's get you tucked in all nice and comfy <laughs> yeah. and he throws the blanket over you know, him Cassidy's <laughs> wrapping him up yeah thought that was great so, so then Jesse makes this heartfelt call to Tulip for some reason that I have yet to quite oh, figure yes. out what that was about um uh talking to her about the the pancakes thing and and so forth but but really in essence saying that it's still you that's the most important thing to me it's it's us until the end where in the hell did that come from well he was scared that she took off right yeah Uh, like don't you have a a romantic bone in your body i have very romantic bone in body but jesse has shown no inclination to care about her at all through the first eight episodes that we've been watching well there you go Right. So all of a sudden he does? Yes, because all hell's broken loose, basically. The shit's hit the fan. And you know, like in a moment of stress, if if you've been blowing somebody off and then you're like, holy crap, that person's actually pretty cool, and you have to let them know. I think part of it's due to he's he's understanding how much of an asshole he's been. Yeah. Coming into this. Like, um, you know, he was was excited that Eugene was back, but he wasn't really back. You know, he he realized, mm-hmm. you know, he was uh, truly sorry for what he had done. And yet Eugene was not actually there. So he could not undo that. And so I think it's probably eye-opening to him that he's being a jackass to everybody. He went, I mean, he's opening up back to Cassidy. Because he's like, right. I'm sorry, I didn't put you out quick enough. So what does this mean, that the the the, uh, the monster voice has less influence on him or more influence well, on him? Well, it means he's just, he's... He's Jesse for a little bit yeah, he's, longer. You he's know? got control right yeah, now. Yeah, because remember, you, you had even said, like in last podcast that we had done, that you know there were points where you could see it was Jesse and points where you could see that he had no control. 
So right. I think now he's right. trying to make up for the fact that he had no control for some of those those instances. Yeah. He's, maybe he's gotten he's coming to the realization. Um, it's still it kind of struck me as a lot, but but I'm not saying that I disagree with you on that. Um, I just wasn't expecting it at that point. Um, so we find uh, the scene with her and the infamous Carlos. Yeah. Tied up. I don't know if you noticed, but there's a shitload of tools laying out in between her and Carlos. I did not see that. Yeah. Yes. There's like all kinds of little torture devices waiting for him. She's ready to screw him up. Yep. And she has that meat mallet in her hand. Let me ask you this. She said something about Carlos a while back um, that I, I hadn't really thought about too much at the time, but he called Carlos a child killer. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. And she says she had a child. Mm-hmm. Did Carlos kill her child? Possibly. Well, that's what, yeah. That's what I think. And that's why she's so determined to make him pay. Well, because, yeah. Even she more did so than Jesse, he, right? Yeah, yeah he uh, screwed up their life. Mm-hmm. But if so. he killed a child, that's that's even worse. It's not like, you know, I well, was yeah, originally I know, assuming I'm... that he put them in jail, right? Because he took yeah. off during the robbery. But it's, I'm starting to feel that there was more, even more to it after that. No, I think that's a good point. Uh-oh. Let's see what Siri says. <laughs> Is that Siri? <laughs> yes. Shut up, Siri. It sounds so much better in a British voice. <laughs> oh my God, what the hell? I don't know what set her off. <laughs> She's got something to say about Jesse. She's got something to say about Tulip. <laughs> <laughs> and Carlos and all that good stuff. Well, you know, it, it makes sense. Most of our actors are from the yes. UK, aren't they? That's a good yeah. point. That is a good point. <laughs> They're from elsewhere. So, um, at that point, then we go back in time to the scene with the cowboy again. As we discussed earlier, the the scene it seems to be repeating itself over and over again. And that's when we come yeah. to the point where we realize that this is hell. And um, and they pop angels. hell up, which is yes. great. Boom to confirm um, it. Yep, yep. And then uh, and then our two angels uh, step into the picture, and and tell him that they can get him out of this. Mm-hmm. Um, it, that he just has to kill somebody for them, and uh, and they want him to kill the preacher. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but she why seems do you... very comfortable with that? Why do you think he killed? What's Medoodle? De Blanc? He killed De Blanc. Because right? De Blanc wouldn't tell him who. Because he said, he said, we need you to kill somebody. And he said, who? And he says, well, we won't tell you that. You'll find out. And he said, bam. Well, yeah, like uh, short went, fuse anybody? <laughs> like, yeah, and then he went to Fiori. And Fiori said, um, yeah, we want you to kill kill somebody for us. We want you to kill the preacher. Like if somebody A came preacher. up to me and said, hey, we can get you out of this hell hole. And they didn't tell me the answer I wanted to hear. I think I would like uh-huh. be patient. And wait not, a second, maybe he's, skip he's a beat. Not patient. I think we found out he's not patient. He killed everybody in the damn room. Yeah, he's <laughs> he's kills everyone, and obviously he's been killing everyone over and over and over again. Uh-huh, uh-huh. So yeah, yeah, it's not necessarily there's, believing it. There's no patience. Crazy man. Yep. So uh, anyway, um, so now we know that that we that the second option or the ultimate option that they had for getting the entity out of Jesse is the preach or the cowboy. cowboy. Yeah. It changed from the chainsaw though. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
exactly. it used to be the second option. Yep, yep. So, well, this was the ultimate option. Oh, I'm sorry. Right. And, of course, you notice they it wasn't like they went down there to go find... Um, Eugene. Eugene. That's what I was going to ask. Yeah. So they could care less yeah. about Eugene. So... Yeah. So evidently, Eugene's not getting saved by these two guys. Now, I think Eugene will come back. Maybe he finds a way because of these two guys to get back. But uh, they don't seem to be following up on their... On their uh, Under the bar. Promise. Yeah, their promise to Jesse about doing that. I bet we won't see Eugene until next season. Yeah, maybe not. Maybe not. So then we find ourselves, we go through a incredibly scary and cool scene um, of the looking at the town with the storm and the hanging tree and the bodies hanging from the hanging tree and all. I mean, it was really graphic and cool, scary scene to nighttime with uh, Cassidy and Jesse under the same tree looking for some hands. Mm-hmm. Digging up the angels and and uh, you know and of course Cassidy's like well how many do you need we, three four and he's like no no one one will do one will do right. and then they you I know I probably would have grabbed at least two yeah, I know I, I think so too I would have just in case one doesn't work got enough pockets why not um, so then they bury Miles in the petting zoo um, and and go ahead and hire close it up and then that's the end of our mayor. Not saying I'm unhappy about that. I'm not either, because he's like, he's such a mousy little stupid guy. Keep in mind, though, he's the only guy that saw Odin Quincannon kill those people. True. And he's kind of like, you know, besides Donnie, he's kind of like Odin's uh, right-hand man, because, you know, he can he really controls the town. Miles, he mm-hmm. ma- he's the one that makes the laws and whatever else. Yeah, but he doesn't. But at the same time, he's kind of their communication. Well, that's what I mean. Like he's well, he's just he's just a puppet. He's the official. He's just a puppet yeah. for Odin. But he's the official representative. So like, mm-hmm, whoever right. comes in next, Odin's gonna have to convince to. But Odin go his doesn't way. listen, right? But Odin doesn't listen to him. I mean, you know, he would say stuff, and Odin would be completely disregarding anything he said, and he'd say, "This is what you're gonna do." So, uh, but like, yeah, like Kim said, who's gonna pick up the kids now? We'll have to find out. <laughs> We'll have to find out. It's a major dilemma. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It is. So we get to the end of the episode, and Jesse's on the run. Cassidy, Emily, and Root all killed people. Um, Tulip like looks like she's about to. <laughs> and the cowboy slaughtered everybody in a bar. Evil Town 101. Evil Town 101. So what do you what's think? What's on the docket? Yeah, what's on the docket? I mean, our next... What is the next episode is our season finale next week. Is it really? Yeah. It is Uh, the season finale. Holy cow. It's called call and response. Uh, Jesse. It's almost like a nine one one call and response. Exactly. Jesse hopes to follow through on his promise to obtain answers from heaven. The entire town waits with bated breath. Oh, and you know what else is funny? Season one, episode nine, nine one one. Hello. Oh, okay. (laughs) About but that? yeah, it's calling. They're calling. So they're calling heaven, seeing what 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 to, the yeah. response is. Mm-hmm. They need help. Yeah, that's. I mean, that is the big thing. Is is God going to be on the other end of the line? Exactly. Exactly. So, what do you think is going to happen? Mm. I don't know. Did you see the preview? I don't know if I saw the preview for I, this one. I did see the preview. Okay. What what happened in the preview? Um, it's kind of hard to say. A lot of things happened in the preview, and oh it wasn't okay. very. Um, wasn't the most revealing thing. Um, all the players are involved, though. 
in different scenes. It doesn't look like together. Because wasn't there like a Comic-Con preview too? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think it's actually... Um, it's actually the version you can find out there now. Um, yeah, on, on AMC. Yeah, but it doesn't really reveal a whole lot about what's going on other than uh, Big Flourish. I don't know. I mean, I think we're going to see something from the, the um, Cowboy yeah. coming above ground. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. I'm not sure what what you know, what they're going to see from heaven too much, but... Uh, or if or if that's even going to work, but well, one thing they sh- yeah, one thing they show is a is a, uh, a big uh, scene with the congregation and Otis Quincannon's in front of him, and he's like saying, "Well, you know, I'm just telling you. For me, I, I think he's full of shit." <laughs> yeah, right. You know, um, so I'd imagine something does happen at that point. Well, I heard that there's something about how God doesn't really exist. Hmm. Wow. So he calls God, but he's not there or something. Well, I do know, you know, I do know from what I understand, um, the next season they're going to be spending a lot more time getting back to where the comics were. And from what I understand, that means it's going to take them out on the road. Oh, cool. Because evidently the comics deal with more of a um, worldwide situation as compared to this town. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know that. I mean, I've not seen that, but my understanding is so my understanding is that's what's going to happen so you know that does play into what you're saying maybe god doesn't appear mm-hmm. and jesse freaks out and has to go find him i don't know hmm. i don't know we'll find out i think i think uh uh tulip goes to town on carlos yeah um, yeah carlos looks think. scared shitless Oh, he looks like one of those. He looks like one of those mafia guys in Philadelphia in a sweatsuit. <laughs> but I know I, I thought he was wearing like bicyclist clothes, and I was like, oh. <laughs> if that's the case, then oh my god, he should die Not now. The meat tenderizer. Not Kill like it, the thickness of clothing is going to make it any better, but still. <laughs> a bare hand is a bare hand. <laughs> well, I'm excited to see it. I think it'll be really good. And I'm super excited for next season. Yeah, this was a great build-up episode. I think the finale will be a lot of fun. Um, and I don't mind if we get a big cliffhanger. Mm-hmm. Nope. Cool. Because I mentioned we will. I want a big cliffhanger on you, this one. You are a big cliffhanger, Stuart. Am I really? No, uh-huh. not really. <laughs> Absolutely. All right, well, I guess that wraps up our <laughs> review of the show. Um Kim, have you got anything, any goodies for us that we want to Yeah, hear? especially from Comic-Con. Well, yeah, Comic-Con's going say, on. It's a big the deal. The biggest thing is just Comic-Con. So tons of trailers were released last week and over the weekend, um, including Fear of the Walking Dead, which I think I've seen like two or three of them now for Fear. Well, there's one. There was one that they were playing um, yesterday during or Sunday during the uh, the Walking Dead review. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. um, that was, it, it probably was 10 minutes long. What? Yeah. I mean, it was incredible. They showed pretty much everything for the whole season. You sure time did not, didn't just slow down for you, Scott, while you're watching it? Because you got so uh, excited. It was in you're between like, shows. Oh my God. It even showed that it was, uh, the show ended, they were taking a break and doing this preview for Fear of the Walking Dead, and then another episode started. Hmm. Okay. So, well, and it showed a lot. There's a lot of uh, Mexicans involved. A well, lot of Mexican in mafia. Well, a lot of Mexican mafia. Mm-hmm. 
and uh, and I think you know in in, in hotels, a lot in <laughs> hotels. Well. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of stuff going on in hotels that's what they kept showing and our group definitely splits up yeah i mean it shows a lot of nick walking that lonely road by himself oh yeah well they're all separated i mean you got you got madison and um, that's where the tijuana thing came in i was watching that and it, yes. there was a sign to tijuana tijuana 100 so, miles nick's walking stuck in, in my head direction. right yep um yeah they split up in like four groups i think Three or four groups. Go hang out in hotels. Went in different directions, I guess. Uh, did you guys see the trailers for The Walking Dead? Yes. Didn't really tell us much, but it looks good. Nothing. Of course it's not going to tell us much. Uh-huh. I mean, I know. But still, I mean, it looks pretty... It was uh-huh. a pretty creepy one. And I must say... I can't um, believe they killed Carl, though. Oh, stop it. It's not Carl anyways. I know for a fact it's not Damn it! I wish. Um, He hit him in the back of the head with that baseball bat, and the other eyeball popped out. Exactly. And the the crowd cheered. I don't know if y'all have been keeping up with uh, Norman Reedus' show. Which one? Norman Reedus' motorcycle show. Absolutely not. Well, you know, you should watch it. We have. It's actually actually pretty good. It's growing on me. Yeah, I think he he started slow. Yeah, he almost seemed like a little nervous at the start. I think the other ones have been. I'm making good. choking faces at him right now. Yeah, no, that's whatever. Okay. That first one, he didn't really know the girl. Apparently, this is what I'm picking up on. He didn't really know the girl that he was going out with. Uh, I mean, riding with, not going out with. Mm-hmm. But yeah. he was riding with the on one that, that first he slept show. With? Shut up. Whatever. No, he didn't sleep with her. <laughs> that I know of. But anyway, it's not like I was there. But. Um, he seemed nervous with that one. Like he didn't know what to talk about with her, but like the, they just did the one in Florida with, um, what's his face? Peter Fonda. Peter Fonda. Thank you. That was a really good one. And he's, he's starting to grow on me. I'm kind of like, dude, I'd go riding with you. <laughs> Peter Fonda was kind of creepy though. And he yeah, went to the, he is creepy. they went to the Blue Ridge. And, 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 yep. and, and Norman's fallen all over himself in love with Peter Fonda. I mean, come on. I, I, yep. I don't get, no, I don't need that shit. Oh wait a second! What? Mm-hmm. I think Scott was saying that he didn't watch it. Well, I saw I saw it. enough of it, enough of the scenes and so forth to go. Oh God, no! Yeah, no. Well, I liked it. And then, okay, so the rest of the stuff from Comic Con, there was the new Wonder Woman trailer that just came out. Mm-hmm. Okay, that looks pretty awesome. She's it's yep. a very dark version mm-hmm. of Wonder Woman, something that you're really not used to seeing. Wonder Woman in World War One, and it talks more about her origins. Mm-hmm. How she became who she is, is it the the our kids actually have a Wonder Woman book about her origins, and it kind of reminded me of that. Mm-hmm. And then the new Blair Witch, which I am so excited about, I cannot really? even Blair Witch. Wait, I heard of that? Seriously? Yes, it looks really good. Let me get. Let me ask huh. you: Are they going to be like lost in the woods? Yes. <laughs> Nothing new there. Is it going to be like someone running with a camera? Yes. You can't tell what's going on. Multiple Is it going to be bad footage that you can't tell what's going on? You have to admit, though, that when that came out, though, yeah. that was pretty Innovative brilliant. as hell. Yep. Yeah, was that was scary. pretty good. I mean, I remember we couldn't go camping for a long time because I was nervous. Yeah, it was good. But now it's it's been done to death, though. Oh, my oh, God. Oh, yeah, it has. It has. Well, Kim, let me ask you, what? Um, how is this going to be different than the first one? Um, I don't think it's as primitive, uh, 
videography. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, sure. Uh-huh. Um, but it it just looks. I don't know. It's still got that creep factor. Like you don't uh-huh. know. Like they don't show you what's happening. Uh-huh. It happens off screen. Right. So, and that's always creepy when you don't know, you can't see what's happening, just like with Preacher. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, if I don't know if you saw Blair Witch Part 2. No. Which was horrible. It was uh-huh. like... Oh, there was a Part 2? Oh, God, yes. And it was absolutely There's like horrible. seven of them, I think. Jesus no, there's Christ. not. Yeah, there is. No. Anyways, the second one sucked ass, but the first one was really good because it had... It was a new style. Yeah, it was new and innovative. Exactly. It was new and innovative and incredibly cheap to make. It it caught your attention. It it Uh creeped you out to the extent where you did not ever want to go in the woods by yourself. Part two just sucked. Blair Witch versus Sharknado. But, so this one gets back to that original feeling, I think. Hmm. I'm surprised it made a sequel. I tell you what, from what uh, article I was reading uh, last week, I guess, uh, that uh, sequels are getting destroyed this year. Um, at the box office, there people are are a little tired of sequels. Well, I'm tired of them redoing stuff. Mm-hmm. Stuff that we grew up with, like they're redoing Gremlins yeah. now. Ah, uh, but there yeah. is one that they're redoing right now that I am really excited about. What? And that's the Magnificent Seven. Really, they're redoing that. Ah, oh, you know what? That's funny. I watched that the other night, the original. Yeah, yeah I love that movie. I grew up yeah. with that movie. Denzel Washington's playing the Yul Brenner part. Oh, um, really? Yeah, looks really good. Looks really you good. You can't, you can't replace Yul Brenner. No, you can't. But I mean, I can see that one being done well now, because um, it's a very simple premise and so forth. Yul Brenner, what a weird actor. <laughs> he was a weird actor. He's a, a bald Russian. Yeah, yeah. He's a cowboy though. Yeah. Somehow. Um, but anyway, I think that's that remake. I think that remake is gonna is gonna be really good. I'm looking forward to He's that. Gonna say and an Egyptian. Well, there's a lot mm-hmm. of uh, Marvel and DC stuff coming out now too. There's a yes. of course Suicide Squad, which everybody knows about, and then there's mm-hmm. um, the new Doctor Strange with Benedict Cumberbatch. That yep. looks pretty yep. good. And then there's a new Lego Batman movie. Hmm. Which I'm sure I will okay. see yeah. at some point. Scott's all over that one. Because mm-hmm. that's uh, yeah, pretty good. It's, it's, it's got my name written all over it. Because um, Uncle Scott's taking care of the kids this weekend. That's right, he that's is. That's right. Bring it on. Yeah. Actually, <laughs> actually it makes me tired to think of it. But um, so We're sending them with lots of sugar. Yes, yes, yes. We'll send them back with even more. Um, <laughs> I saw, oh my gosh, I saw a sign at that uh, Hiska Brewery. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. On the wall, it said, um, "Let me get. Let me make sure I get this right." It says, Unattend- "Unattended children will be given an espresso and a free puppy." Yes, I've seen that before. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I would kill whoever did that. I <laughs> uh, guess what they're going home with. <laughs> <laughs> you better not send a puppy uh, home. <laughs> no, I think we got puppies galore. Uh, um, <laughs> um, but yeah, so but yes, uh, Comic Con's got quite a few of those things going on that sound really tons interesting. of stuff. Um, Guardians of the Galaxy, they released a new trailer trailer for that one. Did you see, they released the trailer for the uh, Netflix, um, the Defenders. No, what's that? Um, they're taking all the superhero things they've done on Netflix with like Daredevil and Power wow. Man and all this stuff, and they're making them into the old Defenders. Seriously? Yep. Hmm. Oh my God. So they'll make a series of that. That's supposed to be in 2017 or 18, I think, or something. 
Speaking of Netflix, have you seen Stranger? Was it Stranger no, Things? Stranger Things. I haven't watched it yet. What'd oh you think? my god, I have not watched it yet either. But no. I'm so excited. Thought you, thought you were going to be telling me something about it. Come no, on. I know. I I want to. I want to watch it. But it was filmed right here in Atlanta. And one of my friends worked on the the crew. Oh, nice. I was going to say and, though, what is not filmed in Atlanta right now? Well, that's true too. But yeah, there's so many good things out right now. Well, this is our friend that was uh, working on Walking Dead. Yeah. Oh, okay, cool. He, he does set crew yeah. stuff. Yeah. Um, but yeah, if you say you're bored right now, then you're just not tuning in mm-hmm. at all. Yeah, there's a lot out there to be to have fun with. Um, yep. That's for, and tons of stuff coming up. So we all got uh, some totally. stuff to get excited about. I think uh, 2016, yeah. 2017 are going to be pretty exciting. Yeah. So, so here's what's going to happen, people. Mm. So. <laughs> We've got <laughs> we've got the season finale next week for Preacher. And then Fear the Walking Dead comes back on August 21st. Okay. So we're going to have like a month about where we're just going to we're just going to take a break. Uh-huh. And then we'll be back on August 21st to preview or to um for the premiere of that of Fear. And then Fear runs right into the Walking uh-huh. Dead. Mhm. And in between all that stuff is Walker Stalker for Atlanta. So, and also then after Charlotte is that oh, uh, right. in December. Wow. Yeah. Are we going to go so to there's a lot. I am. Okay. I don't know about you. I know Scott's going to Charlotte, right, Scott? That's in December, right? It's yep. going to depend. We'll see. I I want <laughs> to. I definitely want to. Scott, you, you live, live there. in Charlotte, Good Lord, man. Uh, Come on. But I'm such a social butterfly. I've got things on the I agenda. Know. Yeah. Well, you what? Oh my god. <laughs> Anyways, I'll buy you a ticket. There's a lot going on in the fall. Yes. So, just putting it out there that we'll take a break in between Preacher and Fear the Walking Dead, which is really only three weeks, and then we'll be back strong for that. Yep. But we will definitely be here next week to bring you yes, we will. the finale. The season finale. Preacher. So continue to write in with all of your comments. And we'll pick up on all that stuff when Fear the Walking Dead comes back. Yeah. But anyways, just let us know like any comments or questions you have about anything that's going on with us or with any of the shows that we're talking about. Um, or even Comic-Con. Like, if you were at Comic-Con... I don't know what I was going to say. Comic Pond? What was that? Comic Con? <laughs> if you were at the San Diego Comic Con, like write in and let us know what your experience was. And if you saw any of the panels or met any, met any of the actors or Give us like some that. inside info. Yes. Yes. Just let us know what happened. Absolutely. That would be cool. Absolutely. Well, I guess mm-hmm. that's it for us tonight, huh? It is. It's time to wrap it up. So thanks again for listening to the Fear Me podcast. As always, you can find us on Twitter, SoundCloud, Google Play, and iTunes. And you can also find us on Facebook and on the web at www.fearmepodcast.com. And to get in touch with us, you can email us at fearmepodcast at gmail.com. So we'll be back next week for the season finale of Preacher. Thanks for listening, everyone. Bye. Good night. Good night, everybody. When the moonlight turns the ocean blue to silver In my dream ship I'll come drifting home to you
Though I spend each night alone, I'm not without you. I keep dreaming. 